Are you feeling lucky this St. Patrick's Day? Easy Living Furniture has a pot of gold waiting for you with absolutely everything reduced across sofa, dining, bedroom, mattress and accessories. Get the three-seater dark grey Harper sofa for only 459 Donut 240cm dining table for only 289 and much more. Don't miss out on these lucky savings at Easy Living Furniture. Find your local store online at easylivingfurniture.ie Hungry for change in your life? Feed your ambition with Board Bia Talent Academy's Insights and Innovation Programme. Get some incredible food for thought with a fully funded master's from DCU Business School. Learn from world-class innovators with placements in Irish food, drink and horticulture companies. And do it all while bringing home the bacon with a generous monthly bursary. Sound like your cup of tea? Nourish your career prospects by visiting boardbia.ie forward slash talent academy. Applications closing soon. The political richness. Do our TDs have our best interests at heart? The personal wealth of politicians has long been a fascination of the public and has even ended some political careers. I run a home in Dublin, Castle Bar and Brussels. I want to tell you something. Try it sometime when you have a couple of cars and three houses and three homes and a few housekeepers. And I want to tell you and everything else. But remember, it's a well-paid job. We are told modern era politicians are different. Change was promised, but did it come? I don't know many millionaires. I don't represent millionaires. I represent factory workers and carers. Today, we discuss the privately wealthy politicians, the TDs who are landlords, shareholders and have many property empires. Our national representatives with their lucrative pensions, which cost millions to buy in the private sector. Can they really represent ordinary workers locked out of the housing market, struggling to make ends meet? TDs are entitled to their wealth, assets and pensions, but the public is also entitled to know more about the people who are making decisions which impact on their wealth, assets and pensions. And are the rules on what TDs need to publicly declare as their interests really serving the public well? One of the interesting things we found is that Labour leader Alan Kelly owns a holiday home in County Kerry and this was actually being rented out in Airbnb. And while he had declared the property itself, he didn't actually have to list himself as a landlord. I'm Fiona Sheen and you're listening to In Focus, the current affairs podcast from independent.ie. Today I'm joined by Irish independent political editor Philip Ryan and public affairs correspondent Amy Malloy to reveal the political rich list. Philip Ryan, what exactly do politicians have to declare to the public that they actually own? Yeah, it's an interesting question and it is kind of complicated in one way. And there is a lot of lacunas in the legislation and loopholes for them as well in in what they don't have to declare. But the main bones of it is they have to declare um, elements of their life, whether it be assets or interests, that may provide or present conflicts of interest when they're doing their job in the door. And the public deserve to know if someone is getting up in the door and making a speech about some aspect of um, legislation, that there isn't something else in their life that could be influencing that. So for the most part, if you have a business, you have to say you're involved in that business. If you have um, shareholdings, significant shareholdings, if you have more than 13,000 euros worth of shares in any sort of business, you have to declare that. If you have uh, substantial property or land uh, portfolios, you have to declare that. And, and similarly, if you have a lot of properties and you're renting, you have to say if you're a landlord. But then there's the, uh, let's call them loopholes of the things you don't have to declare. So 
I think the Taoiseach is probably a good example of that. Okay, so Michal Martin, what what has he declared? He obviously owns a home that that's listed on the when you go and vote him for him. That's on 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 the ballot paper. What else does he have, and what does he have to declare? It, according to the the file register of members' interest for Dáil Éireann, which he has presented, all it says beside his name is that he owns a constituency office in Cork which he does, and naturally, uh, so you'd, you'd expect a Taoiseach and a TD for many, many years to hold such a thing. But what it doesn't reveal is that, like you say, he owns a home. He doesn't have to declare that. No TD has to declare that. But he also has two holiday homes. One, both in Cork. I don't know how much time you can actually spend in Cork, but he has two holiday homes in Cork. One that he has personally himself uh, for a while, and another one which he seems to have inherited, and he's, he is he jointly owns with some other people. And and on top of that, not in his name, but linked to him, is when he stays in Dublin, he stays in an, an apartment in in more one of the more affluent parts of the city, which is actually owned by his wife. So so that's a substantial uh, property holding for uh, the that the Taoiseach and his family have together, yet the public, according to the declaration, and within the rules, he's been with, within the rules doing this, only knows that he owns a constituency office. Who came out on top here in terms of who, who is the richest TD in, in Dollar? The richest TD is Tipperary TD, Michael Lowry, and, and that's mostly due to a number of factors, really. Um, he has, a, he has a, a very successful refrigeration business, has done for many years. Uh, he he wasn't a director of that for a number of years following a court ruling, but he is back a director again uh, in recent uh, months. So so he owns that business. He also has a very substantial home in in Tipperary, um, kind of stately manner. Um, and then he's been a TD for many many years and and briefly a minister, of course, as well. And he, he gets the pension that comes along with that. So so the list uh, estimates his value, taking all those things in together. Um, to be around seven million euros or more. And then you had you named the the biggest landlord in Dollar now relevant as the housing crisis, uh, rents are very much top of the political agenda. So who who is that, and, and what do they own? And um, for a long time now, for many many years, Michael Healy Ray is the the biggest landlord in the Dáil with with some sixteen properties that, and, and land as well. He owns um, estimated to be worth around four point five seven million euros. So so he is right up there. What really got me in this debate today was the contributions from the Healy Rays, both of them. I spent my teenage years working on sites filling skips today. Or are they driving their Mercedes into their big plant hire shops, walking past all their machineries worth hundreds of thousands to count all their money? And then we saw some cases of, of people who we've kind of heard over the years are, are living on the average industrial wage and in touch with the ordinary man and so on and so forth, and yet seem to have rather large houses themselves. Who, who stood out in that regard? Well, I suppose on top of that list, you would have Sinn Féin leader Mary Lou MacDonald, um, who I think you noted in one of your pieces only a couple of weeks ago, told Ortiz more in Ireland, she doesn't know many millionaires. I don't know many millionaires. I don't represent millionaires. I represent but factory workers. sat in front of the mirror for a little while, she, she might meet one because her own home is, is quite a substantial pile in her own constituency, a house that um, was built on a site where it, was, it seems to have been an old site that she renovated into into what is a, a like a, an almost villa type home. Uh, 
probably worth in the region of 1 million euro if it was to be put on the, the housing market. I, I doubt she will. It's her family home and she's, she's entitled to it. But, but it certainly is a, a house which would be the envy of, 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 of most people on the list, if not the general public. And then in, in terms of the, the methodology that you use to, to calculate, so you, 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 you take a TD and you're breaking down effectively their their net net asset value. How do you go about doing that? Yeah, well, it, well, there's different there's different elements to that. Of course, uh, if you're taking the land property, um, you use resources such as the property price register, which is available online for anybody to look at. There's also the various uh, many different uh, property sales uh, websites that that you can access, and uh, on the pensions. And what Carl Dieter, who who was overseeing that element of the project, the vast majority of the project, with that bit, essentially is is try to get, try to estimate a price of what a TD, if they were to go into the private market, approach um, a pensions company and say, I want a pension, that's exactly the same as what I'll be entitled to as a TD, and 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 estimate what that would cost and how much you would have to pay a private insurance company for a similar packages to these TDs are entitled to. So. Uh- all told, do you think that the doll is is reflective of society or not at the at, at the end of the day when you look at people's assets? Well, one thing is is notable. This is a project we've done. This is for the second time, of course. We did this back in 2018 and um, with the Sunday Independent. Now, this time around, it was with the Irish Independent. And the number of um, millionaires, let's call them, in the doll has reduced. There, there's less now. There's um, that that's for a number of reasons. You would have, uh, you know, the last election saw the exit of a lot of long-serving politicians, people who would have accrued uh, great wealth through pensions and things like that before they left politics. There's a, a, a younger breed of uh, politicians coming in. Uh, there's the Sinn Fein politicians. Obviously, a lot of those got elected, and and they come from possibly uh, less wealthy backgrounds as as TDs in the past have, and and that has given a more reflective view of society but at the same time if you have an instance where a good chunk of the 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 doll is seen as being millionaires um well well, well that probably isn't reflective of society a lot of this a lot of the wealth that is set out in 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 the rich list is um is from the pensions um but i suppose one of the aspects the, the interesting aspects of it is is that the the rate of home ownership there's a very very high rate of home ownership uh, six and seven tds i think it is that uh own their own homes. So I think based on the current, over the last decade, how the home ownership in this country has changed uh, away from home ownership into rental models, into people just living with their folks until they're all uh, all sorts of ages, that that's, that, that isn't reflective of uh, the way the country is at the moment. And one person's rent uh, is another person's income. It might be their pension, uh, might be how they pay the mortgage. Uh, and in a time of rising prices and in a time of rising interest rates, and that will come, hasn't come yet, but it will come, uh, if you freeze rents absolutely to zero. Uh, that could mean an income cut for another person, a pension cut for another person, or another person unable to pay the mortgage on that property. Amy Malloy, given the amount of public debate that there is uh, about housing and the rental market at the moment, what struck you about how many landlords, property investments and landowners there are on the political rich list? Well, one thing we found from this project is that there are quite a lot of landlords in the doll. Um, our research showed that one quarter of the 160 TDs in the doll are either landowners or property investors, and some of them are renting up to four properties. Which you know, like when we looked at it financially, 
Altogether, TDs have properties and land worth an estimated 85 million euro. Like, you know, you're talking about a huge investment here in land and property. And it's been well publicized, you know, in previous stalls, there's, there's been a lot of landlords too. So that's nothing new there really. But I, I suppose another interesting thing that we actually found in our research is that some of them seem to be quitting the rental market. Um, so we saw the likes of Foreign Affairs Minister Simon Coveney selling up a property recently. Alan Kelly sold up a property in Walkinstown. We mentioned how Martin Hayden used to have a rental property in Wexford and he confirmed to us that he actually sold that property in the last year. So, so we have seen a kind of a few kind of exit the rental market, but then we did see the likes of, you know, Michael Healy Ray, who has 16 rental properties across Kerry. His brother Danny has, you know, up to 91 acres of land across the kingdom. And, you know, that that's worth quite a lot. And that's why we saw him rank seventh in our political rich list, because I think w- when we looked into the financial aspect of it, I think it was worth around 1.29 million. And I think it's well documented how many people are struggling to find affordable places to rent at the moment. A lot of people are struggling to buy their own homes. But from our research, we found that only actually a handful of TDs are renting at the moment so we're, we're seeing these people who are representing us but then they don't really get our struggles you know the majority of them own a home I think something like 85% where a lot of TDs are on salaries of at least 100 grand a year and um, so obviously making mortgage payments and buying your own property is a lot easier to do when you're on a salary of that kind of level and um, so no I think a lot of people who are struggling to buy their own home at the moment read that piece and kind of thought wow like these people are making decisions that are affecting us you know there's a lot of talk about rent freezes and stuff at the moment and about property prices in general so I think like you know from what I read there was quite a bit of frustration with people when they did kind of see the statistics from our research. Another aspect that that came forward was was holiday homes Uh, and there was one particular party leader who who kind of popped up there. Yeah, um, I learned a lot about holiday homes that I never knew before from working on this project. Um, so, so what was interesting that we, we learned that, you know, TDs don't actually have to declare their holiday homes in their interests at all if they're being used by their family members. But, um, you know, if they are actually renting them out for commercial purposes, that they do have to actually declare them. So we found that Alan Kelly, the Labour leader, actually has a holiday home in County Kerry. And we subsequently found that it was being advertised on Airbnb. Um, now, looking back from the guest reviews, it seemed that the advertisement seems to date back to 2018. We all talk about Airbnb, but it's not a case of just Airbnb because they can call it something else the following week. We need to deal with it the way they're dealing with it in Barcelona, the way they're dealing with it differently in Berlin and in other jurisdictions. We're going to have to deal with this. But if you're not getting more than €2,600 in rent of a gross figure every year, you don't actually have to register yourself as a landlord. Um, So in Alan Kelly's declaration of interest, he didn't have himself down as a landlord after selling the, his other rental property in Walkinstown last year. Um, but yet this property was being advertised on Airbnb. So when we put it to him, he said, look, it's just very rarely rented out. I own it jointly with my wife. Um, so that's, he said that's why he didn't declare himself as a landlord. Um, but I think the holiday home thing is kind of interesting, as in some TDs are quite transparent about it, where, where others just choose not to included in their declaration. So we have the likes of Michael Cree, the former agriculture minister who owns a holiday home and it's been used by his family, but he's still included in his declaration. Kieran Cannon owns a house in France and he included that even though it's just been used for his family. There are rules around the, the declaration of interest and what you have to declare. There's nothing stopping you really from declaring more outside of the rules if if you so wish. If you choose, look, I'm going to be utterly transparent 
and declare everything here, that's fine as well. That's it, yeah. And like, even like TDs don't have to disclose like their family homes or maybe a second property that they have in Dublin when they're up in, in Leinster House. But, you know, we saw certain TDs actually do list their holiday homes on their declarations, even though that's not a requirement. So I suppose some people just feel more comfortable doing that others don't like you know there might be other reasons behind it like we've seen protests at the homes of ministers and TDs in recent weeks and over the course of the pandemic and it might be kind of just a privacy thing and people are concerned about people showing up to their door and these people are making very important decisions and like I think it's important that the public is aware about what kind of properties they own or what kind of share investments they have um as it paints a picture of society as a whole and how we're being affected by the decisions that they make. And one aspect of society that did come across is a pretty substantial gender divide uh, amongst TDs. You know, the, the rich list, 68 millionaires in there, but only seven of them, seven of them are, are, are female. What did you make of that? Yeah, like I, I thought it was interesting because I actually went back over when the Sunday Independent did this, a similar ritualist back in 2018. And at that time, there were only 35 female TDs in the doll, but yet 11 of them were valued at more than 1 million. So now we've we more females in the doll, but less millionaires as such. And, you know, that's probably due, due to kind of younger TDs coming in who were elected last year and stuff. But I think, you know, from our research, we saw Social Democrats CD Roshan Shorthall top the list, um, but she was ranked at 23rd. And like she's been in politics for 29 years. And, and when you take in her pension and, and her properties, like she, she's valued at over 2 million. Next, you had Ivana Batic from Labour, um, who served in the Shannon for years before being elected as TD in the by-election this year. And then Sinn Féin leader Mary Lou MacDonald um, is estimated to be worth around 1.9 million. Um, so, you know, the, the number of female TDs valued at more than one million is a lot lower. Um, but I think I, I kind of touched on it in my piece in the paper as well. There's a lot of barriers at the moment preventing women getting into politics and staying in it when they do due to kind of struggles of balancing work-life commitments, you know. This year, like Justice Minister Helen McEntee became the first cabinet minister in Irish history to take paid maternity leave while in office. Um, so you kind of saw with the... the Male TDs who are in the top 10, a lot of them have, have property investments, they have little mini property empires, or they have vast shareholdings. And I think when you look at it, like women get into politics and a lot of them probably don't have the time to run side businesses or invest in kind of properties when they do. Um, so I suppose it kind of raises questions about what the government's doing to tackle equality really. And, you know, this year we saw... Um, we saw the gender pay gap bill pass into law and that's going to require companies to kind of like disclose how much their female and male um, employees are earning and they're hoping that's going to kind of bring in equal pay and stuff. But um, when you look at the doll itself and how much TDs are worth, how much the male TDs are worth compared to the female TDs, it, it kind of poses the question, well, like, is it not a bit like, how are we trusting these men to make decisions to improve, like pay for women in other jobs outside of the government? Um, when they're kind of earning significantly more um, than women with their kind of property investments and shareholders and stuff like that. So I thought it was quite interesting and there's a lot to be done to tackle the issue of equality in, in workplaces and within the government. And just because our female TDs may have less assets than our, their male counterparts, but they, they definitely have just as, if not more, a valuable contribution to make to society. 
That was Amy Malloy, Irish Independent Public Affairs Correspondent. I'm Fiona Sheehan, and this week's In Focus was produced by Mary Carl, researched by Tabitha Monaghan, with sound designed by John Smith. Archive clips with thanks to independent.ie and RTE. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts.